Hi, welcome back to Kansas City's Marketing and Advertising Podcast. I'm your host again, David English, the Vice President at AdTrend Outdoor Advertising here in Kansas City. Um, I have with me today a guest, uh, Michael Wilson is his name, and he's the co-founder of Torna here in Kansas City, a really, really exciting startup here in the area that is causing some major waves and making some major impressions here around town. Um, Michael is is luckily with me today because uh, we've exchanged a series of emails and we've had to cancel on each other a few times, but um, and at the end of the day, I'm glad we can finally make this work. Um, glad to be here. Yeah, this is this is really great. I'm I'm excited you're here. I'm really stoked. I think what you guys are offering and bringing into the Kansas City market is exciting, needed, um, really, really, really interesting and. What you had to have ahead of you is just going to be absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. You can do it better than I can. Um, Sure. Give give the listeners um, kind of an idea. Torna, what are you guys hoping to do here? Where's where's everything coming from? Yeah, so Torna is what we would call a media and publishing company. And that's not necessarily um, the, the right label for it, but Torna is meant to be what our point of view of next generation Viacom looks like. Mm -hmm. So we have a series of what we call premier media brands, which are a series of web publications and some print publications coming over the next few years that fit within niches that we feel that there's market opportunity, but we're doing our media publications in a way where the content is just, I'm very proud of where we're going on the content, the level of quality, the way that we integrate video production and our investment in video production, not as a uh, necessarily as a service, but in the production of video for consumption amongst amongst viewers online. And so um, EX5 or explain it like I'm five dot com is the first brand that we launched September 15th. I yeah, think it, it was September 15th, September 15th. And um, that's been off to a great start, and um, we're really excited about it. What kind of topics is EX5 covering there? Because it's um, yeah, you know, explain it like I'm five. I mean, we're, I love the premise. Yeah. What are you guys covering topic wise? So we say uh, uh, explain it like I'm five or EX5 is typically what we call it. Is um, we're unraveling the complexities of the world. Yep. And so we're really going into a wide variety of topics, but we're covering it in a in a, in a both a classy. Um, you know, an elegant, but in a, in a really uh, user experience driven way. So it's very, very difficult to distill down some of these complex concepts that I think everybody should really understand and learn. And we're just developing a niche of video content, podcast, and overall written content that's just really aimed to the people that are curious, that actually value truth and value values. Right in the world, so um, you know, we're you know I'd say you could probably compare us the most to people try to compare us to like a how stuff works and stuff and things like no. that. It's no. not necessarily fair because it's there's a lot more depth and width to what we're doing. It's not just about how stuff works, mm-hmm. um, but we're getting a good response right off the bat with it. Yeah, I bet so. I mean, I'm looking here. You've got a series of episodes that you've already dropped. Um, <clears throat> the sneaker game, which is um, one I caught the other day, and then. Uh, it's it's really an interesting t- topic of, of conversation, and I think the variety of, of what you're covering is is really great. Yeah, and you know, I think what what's important to note about what we're doing is, you know, we've got we're experimenting with formats and platforms, and 
you know, we're, we're constantly iterating to find what the right model is. And I, and I think probably the best said was um, Rich, the, one of the, uh, well, the CEO and founder of Complex Networks, that said, welcome to the generation of constantly iterating. Right. And that's where we are now in a media business. Sure. And so we started with a podcast, um, and we don't have you know, big-name celebrities on. We're not putting our money on that. We're working with real people that are real experts within their industry to answer some of these questions that come up. And um, that's been probably the biggest reception and feedback to the podcast side of it is, man, I like that you have real people on here. So we're aiming for that. No, that's good. The, the real people are coming on because they, they, know what, they know what to explain and how to explain it in a very simple way. At the same time, they're not on there to pitch a product. They're not on there to talk about and make a sales pitch. It's really to explain what the content is and Absolutely. what it is because it's really easy to get lost in a lot of these very overwhelming topics that, um, frankly, people would give up on otherwise. Well, you know, and we're learning. I think it's, it's, I think it's what's important of, of a new media company, whether you're in the ad agency world or you're in our business where you're a startup business competing in a world of Viacoms and all yeah. these other things is the, the learning and iteration is ultra important. So for us, you know, we did hour-long podcasts because that's what everybody tells you to do. But through what we're finding on our own end is people only listen to the first 37 minutes of it. Right. So right. now we're like, all right, let's produce for 30 knowing we're going to run over. And that's really – I mean it, that's what I think excites me the most is a lot of these things that you just hear or you see in white papers or produced by – you know, ad groups, that's great in practice, but you don't know what your niche and your customer basis is going to do. Right. I like that we're at least in a business where I can listen and I can iterate very quickly to deliver what people want. Yeah, no, that's why with ours, our podcast here, we try to stick to that 30-minute realm. I'm going to run over a lot of times, but I want something I can plug in my car and go and listen to on the way to work or, you know, something that's not going to take up my afternoon. Now, EX5, though, is not the only format you guys uh, at Torn are going to be Un un unveiling in the near future. There's more coming, right? I don't think you can talk about it, but there's more coming. Yeah, I mean, with with EX5 as a brand, we've got several several formats that we're going to be releasing over the next oh, well, 45 days, well, next 30 days coming here between now and the end of the year. And That's exciting. That's quick. Very quick. I mean, well, I mean, again, a great part of being a startup, right? That's the only thing I have to do is make sure that everything gets together. But uh, my business partner and I, you know, we we really believe in the investment in video, and and I don't just mean in video content that you publish online. We're very granular, so we have we're releasing what are called explainers of complex concepts in two minutes or less. Um, we're going to be producing a digital TV series, two of those the, uh, next year, and then one longer form documentary. And you know, I, I hope that over time, people as they watch and learn about Torna and our other properties, you know, EX5 and all these things that they start to to feel, and I, I think our job is done right, if you look at what we do and every time we launch something you go, damn, they did it right. Yeah. And that's what we're really aiming for. We're very hard on ourselves, we're very critical, we listen to what people are offering us, but when we talk about a documentary film, we're not just talking about like, you know, running around town shooting cameras. We're really, really being um, very thoughtful and very, um, forward with our intent 
about how we want to do these things. And I think that's going to be pretty important for us moving forward. You're not just going to run around Kansas City with a video camera? and No, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, we can all bag on the things and the people and the, the documentaries and stuff like that we don't like. We just really want quality and we want to be known for setting a standard of what both design quality and content quality looks like. Mm-hmm. And that is just our relentless pursuit. And so, you know, we just got to keep doing it until, uh, you know, people agree with it. Well, that's a great thing about a startup and being able to be out there. It's your, it's your baby. You can do it, do what you want and be very selective about the content that you accept in the door. It's not, it's not as though you're being overran with video content that, um, someone else's shot or someone else's idea. I mean, this is you, this is you. And in your, that's, you know, kind of the, the great thing about where you're at right now. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I will say it's, it's definitely not just me. I know. I know. Uh, you know, my business partner, James DeWitt, was the former um, chief compliance officer and director of operations at Creative Planning. Mm-hmm. And he worked there for um, 16 years and uh, was excited to build that company. And that was great. But when you're in a business for 16 years and you know, I'm 34 and he's a year younger than me, he was ready for a change. And, you know, we've known each other for a long time and decided, you know what? let's start this media company and yeah. you know so it's it is great i will say about business i've run a business before as the only founder that's hard mm-hmm. it's very very difficult especially in startup stage and having someone like james around with the i mean he took a company from five employees to 600 and was the second man and the, i've never experienced that growth i've always been the startup guy right so it's really interesting to mix the two of us and we get along great so hopefully Mixing those two things means we've got a big successful company here in a few years, but you never know. I think it will. I think you're on your way. I mean, it's, you know, as an outsider looking in, seeing what you've accomplished already and knowing what your plans are through the end of the year or to the end of the year, I guess. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're on your way. I mean, it's, it's going to be really good. What are the plans? January 1 hits. What 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 are the what the, what are the plans? So the second week of January, you're going to start seeing what you're going to start seeing very very consistent delivery of new formats. So you're going to see our explainers being delivered on EX5. Yep. Um, you're going to be seeing our article content being delivered. Um, very quickly, month after, and then continued on, you're going to see our digital TV series. We're working and having conversations now with where those are going to be distributed. Hopefully, that's something that we can hang our hat on and talk about. Um, and then the doc, we were working on a, a feature-length documentary film that we're hoping to produce by the end of 2019. So for us, um, you know, it's all about the original production of content. Um, you know, being 34, I'm obviously high, highly inspired by a whole new generation of, of consumable media, and one of those being Netflix. And while I have my disdain in some areas of how they deliver the user experience in Netflix, the core of what they did is actually some of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. Because if we all want to take a step back and remember, Netflix was a freaking DVD company. You were waiting in the mail for the little square package to show up. Right. Here it goes. And and then they then they yeah. became a, a Redbox competitor. Yeah, and then they became Netflix as we know it today. And that is the biggest miracle on the planet. Well, you can argue that they're a big reason so many people are cutting the cord and they're just getting rid of the cable altogether is because of what the foundation Netflix is like. 100%. And they started investing heavily in original production of movies. And the first one, the first movie that they released on Netflix as a feature length was um, Marco Polo. 
Oh, you're right. Marco Polo wasn't crying. And I remember seeing it, and I was a, just became a Netflix subscriber, and I log in, I see this Marco Polo, like something looks great, and I watched it, and it was mesmerizing. Most beautiful video photography of actually in Mongolia, and like they, act, they did it all right. And when I saw that, I went, damn, they're doing it right. Now, they've evolved because everybody said Netflix uh, well, you're just an online streaming service. You're not really movies. So now they're debuting their movies in select cinema theaters so they can put them into Academy Awards and all right. these other things. And that's right. what I think is the most fascinating. We're heavily influenced by that idea of do it original and do it right. Yep. And that's just that seems to be a departure nowadays from more most modern media companies where it's all about volume, content, AdSense, and all that. We're just looking at it different love it so i mean talk about the intangible you've you've used the phrase do it right a few times and i love the phrase and but i think it's it it, it can be subjective um where 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 do you get there how how do you get to that point of it's done right you're you're satisfied with it uh there's there's really two parts of it i think one is performance you know i i'm always about learning from past performance Uh, i was an athlete when i was a kid and that's kind of how you're taught Right, like you know, you look at great. That's great. You took second today, but you know, let's analyze Someone why you weren't better. first. Yeah. Right, and I, you know, we're just very, very conscious and granular. We we don't, you know, we're proud of the work we produce, but we're only proud of the work we produce because we're so hard on ourselves. And so I think that's something that needs to be foundational to doing it right. Is you got to understand where your niche is and what people are saying, and learn how to discern between what is feedback and what is a gripe you know like Mm -hmm. what's just like someone you're never going to make happy that's one part of it and the two of it really is design and taste i mean good design is universal across ages across everything i think that's an underappreciated thing Um, a lot of media brands have tried to go a little more cutting edge with their ux and their design but the further you jump ahead on ux and try to get too designy then you get the iphone 10 that's a that's a device designed by designers, right? Mm-hmm. Engineering had no part in the iPhone 10. You know, you eliminated a phone jack and you eliminated a home button, yeah. and everything became a gesture. And a really great stat I saw, which is an, an important part of understanding then design, was I saw a stat that said if the, when the new before the new iPhones came out, they said, well, if the new iPhone doesn't have a home button, they now have something like tens of millions of people. I don't remember the exact amount that are having to transition from having a home button to not. So now you're having to teach a whole new user experience. You lose in the media business ad dollars, customers, and potential when you go too far ahead on that design curve. So for us doing it right, it's about finding something that's good, tasteful, and as timeless as possible. Minimalism is always a big thing to us. Um, but you know, it's it, you add more people into the mix and it can get complicated. But right. for us, it really boils down to those two things. Better performance and then design and taste, making sure that that's on point. Yeah, I'm going to add one if you don't mind, and I don't want to. But passion is something that you, you it just oozes out of you, and you can you can see it. That you I mean you're not going to come up with that that get it right moment without a, an immense amount of passion for what you're doing. And just absolutely, you, you wake up in the morning, and it's what you're thinking about. You're going to bed at night, you're making notes so you don't forget about it by the morning time. Um, that well, passion has got to be there. Absolutely. You know, James and I built this business because we both worked our butts off in the world for far too long 
under a false mentality that in America we prop up the entrepreneur and we tell the entrepreneur, man, go sacrifice everything to go build this company. You know, go, kids doesn't matter, wife doesn't matter. Your leave, health, leave it home. Don't leave care. it all there, right? And then ultimately, you get into this. You, we've looked at a lot of different business models, and we want to find something we are passionate about. And we don't. We want to work hard. But I'm not willing to sacrifice my life and my marriage and my kids and all that type of stuff. Right. And so I th- also think that's important, especially for any entrepreneur listening. And even somebody in the workplace, it's not worth giving up your life to chase something. You know, if you, From time to time, you should have peaks where you're like, man, I busted my ass this time. But you should not literally be killing yourself to build a business. It should, you should be healthy and okay. And I hope that James and I can prove that that is actually possible in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I love that because you're right. I mean, it's um, – I don't know if it's Midwestern values or if it is just good advice in general. But if you can walk walk in your house at 5.30 or 6 or 7 o'clock, have dinner with the family, put the kids to bed, get up with them in the morning, take them to the bus stop. I mean, there's a lot there that, in my opinion – is calming for the soul and it allows you to perform better at work and and you don't have to work 90 hours a week you know work your 40 50 55 60 hours you know don't sacrifice those that you're going home to well we have this constant james and i have this constant um almost checks and balance of like are we working too hard right now like you know uh, if we're you know sometimes we message 11 12 o'clock at night all kids are at bed and we're trying to figure out how to get something completed and it's like you know what Let's just talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, the, the old non-mature way of entrepreneurship is, oh, man, let's pop some Red Bulls and pull an all-nighter and we'll get all this stuff done. We're going to stay here until we figure it out. Yeah. You know, that, that isn't – the yeah. older you get, you realize the, the more destructive that is on both performance of a company and performance of a person. So, You know, that's funny because – so I – a little bit of a side story, and I don't want to get us off track, but um, I run a, a, a small company myself. Um, and my wife um, just gave birth to our second son. And the Congrats. thank you. And I called the owner up. We don't have policies for you know you know paternity and maternity leave. We don't have formal things in writing. It's just a, we're a small company. We're all really clo- really close. Uh, we'll we'll pick up and work and do as much as we can to cover. But I called the boss. The, the guy that owns the place said, you know, when do you want me back? And he goes, I don't care. Stay with your family. It's important. You need to answer a work call, answer a work call. You need to answer, get to an email, find a computer at your house, and we'll, we'll figure it out. But I, you call me when you're ready. Man, I, I had a solid, solid time you know, with the family and the new baby. And I'm, just, I'm convinced it's better for the business. Yes. If you can walk out that door in the morning with your cup of coffee in your hand and the people at home know you're off to do the right thing and you you can walk back into the door at the end of the day i think it makes for a better working environment and it makes you more productive i would completely agree and i think the way i could i i would put that on a bow in a nice little package for everybody is it's okay to think about yourself and think about your health Mm -hmm. it is very nice to see that somebody like your like your boss Mm -hmm. is is willing partner boss is willing to let you do those things. We need more of that in America. We used to be that way a long, long time ago. Yeah. This isn't young idealism. Uh, you know, I do believe everyone needs to work hard, but at the same time, we've shifted so far on the pendulum to 
uh, a state that's just unsustainable. And I've experienced it in both realms. So, you know, I, I would just love to see more people have a better life in general. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, again, don't want to get off track. Um, for the people that are listening um, here, they're not in the media world, but they're, they're, I've seen a lot of questions come in um, from to my email about the podcast about running a business, owning a business. Um, let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, okay. what um, as the co-founder of a media company, um, talk to me business ownership. Um, you know, how uh, how do you keep that balance? You know, the good days, the bad days. I mean, you're starting up. I mean, you're. Um, I don't know if it's had a bad day yet. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> they're else. coming. They're coming. They're coming. I'm sure. I just haven't had a bad day yet. I mean, every. I, I mean, I so business ownership prior to Torna. I ran a company named Nile Watches that mm-hmm. went bankrupt in May. I ran it for six years. And that was the first business I ever had that failed very publicly. I mean, literally my biggest fear was when the business went under that they'd plaster my face in all the newspapers saying Nile goes bankrupt. And that's exactly what happened. All the newspapers plastered my face right next to the article, Nile goes bankrupt. And what, you know, I, I don't like the trend of people talking about fail often fail fast because the point is to not fail right right like if you could go through business and never fail i would really want you to do that even though we learn a lot from from failure moments we shouldn't be promoting for you to go out there and screw up amen and for me i learned an immense amount i mean it was the darkest time in my life the month of june because you know, I've got phone calls coming in. I've had investors. You know, I, I've got to go through these bankruptcy documents. It was not a great experience. And it put me in a tough spot. But at my very lowest of lows was when I had the chance to rebuild who I was and the things I wanted out of life. Right. And so coming back into this, when James James felt a lot of the same way where he would felt burnt out. He felt like I needed to change in my life. So we built a company based on the foundation of what we wanted to build, what we liked, and then the lifestyle we liked. So I haven't had any bad days. I like James. He's fun to be around. We get along great. You know, I've got all my motorcycles in the back of our warehouse. Nice. So, you know, it's kind of like a playground and enjoyable. Um, as it grows and gets bigger, I know that we'll experience some of those more adult things we need to, but we're never going to lose our sight on what matters in building a company. Okay, so let's switch directions then. Um, when you're out, when you're rolling out these plans, I mean, every business owner has faced those situations where you know they have a new um, marketing strategy or new development or new product they want to uh, you know bring out. Or, or I mean, what's the process? Are you just making decisions on the fly? Is there a strategic plan in place that says we're going to do this and then this and then this? And um, what do you think is the best route? For the first time in my life, I've got a business where stuff's planned. There you go. For the first dang time. Everything, every business I've ever run since 16 years old has been reactive. And that's, um, it feels successful because opportunity or problem comes in, you solve, and it's rewarding to solve that. But if you're running your whole business in a reactive format, you find yourself in the place where Nile was. I'm 100% responsible for the downfall of Nile in, in every which way. You know, we were always reactive. We could never really get ahead of the curve. You know, but you were busy. But you were really busy. Oh, man. We were incredible. But I never had any real time to... Build a company. To build a company. Yeah. I was always in working out of random access memory. And there was no storage device on that on that company. And that, that's from how I built it, right? It was, you can only blame the founder and nothing else. And I firmly believe that. So any excuse that is ever thrown around 
is irrelevant. It's always the founder's fault, and you have to accept that as a founder. It's yeah. always your fault. But, you know, I where we're moving with Torna, we've got all of 2019 planned. You know, what down to what episode drops when to when our next publication's going to work on, you know, the whole nine yards. So there's a real staged plan over the next 12 months and then there will be a, a plan after that for the next two years and so that's that is a wonderful and comfortable place to be that's great i i, I do agree i mean i i'm amazed at the business owners or, or general managers um officials in a, in a business that will tell me when you when you meet them the first thing out of their mouth is i'm busy i'm busy and that, and that needs to end in it, conversation. It's a terrible way to start a conversation. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're busy. I'm busy. You yeah. know, but what kind of, are you productive busy or are you reactive busy? And to be productive busy, they're two different things. Yes. Um, congratulations. You have a busy schedule. Your calendar's full. But that makes you feel like, because of the way that we've, we've propped up entrepreneurs in America, you have to stay busy otherwise the company fails. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it takes a hard learning lesson like the things I learned while operating Nile to come out of it and go, okay, let's not, let's not do that again. Let's not make those mistakes again. I mean, we did a lot of things incredibly well, more incredibly well than we did bad, but it still didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I look at where we go with Torna is we've got to make good decisions and we've got to create a really good foundation for how we want to build a business and make sure we don't lose our damn minds doing it. Right, right. Um, what about, you know, a, a lot of people talk about, uh, have emailed in, in in the business world, um, you know, putting media aside about um, staff and people, mm-hmm. pe- bringing people on. Um, I had a question, a Q&A session I hosted for the podcast last episode and about, and one of the questions was, you know, new staff is the reason we're not growing, the reason we're not developing. Um, you're bringing people on with Torna, um, if not now or in the near future as you guys start growing. And, you know, talk about that process. I mean, you, you hired people when you were at Nile, undoubtedly. You're, you're going to bring people on. What's your philosophy there? So uh, it's changed because I, I, I hired at our peak of May of 2017, we had 12 employees. Yep. And at that time, I hired employees to fill tasks that were needed so you know i had a bunch of operational stuff so i had someone hired someone to come do all the operational stuff you know i i looked at it's like stuff needs to get done let's hire somebody to do it the problem with that is then it's on you owner business entrepreneur to feed the beasts find them work when the whole stack of papers that you hired them for is gone correct because they're not going to be autonomous enough to go do something when that task list runs empty. Well, because when if you remember looking back, you've and I've made the same mistake. So by no, I'm not going to throw rocks in a glass house. But you sat down with me and told him your job is to essentially that your job is to finish this stack of paperwork. Right. Essentially, that's what you told him. That is, that is essentially what I what I and told. They him. walked out the door, and and I remember I remember the conversation. I hired this young lady. She walked out the door thinking her job was to finish that stack of paper. She finished that in a week. Mm-hmm. It was a stack of paper because it's not my skill set. It's not what I'm good with, and, and I don't have time. So I didn't do any of it. She filed all the, all of it. She, she got it done. She put in a new system or two. But it was done in a week. Well, now that's where I look at it and go, I hired people for tasks. I would now come in. And we're not ready to hire yet at Torna, but when we are, we're going to be hiring people to build a segment of business. Yes. And what, that doesn't necessarily need to be sales. You no, know, no, no. It, it could be 
you know, uh, at down the road, we may need somebody to manage our complete technology stack because we built every, I built everything on Amazon Web Services, and you know, we've got a pretty good stack there. But eventually, that's going to become something I can't handle. Rather than hiring, you know, somebody to just manage all this stuff, I need someone that can go. What's the big picture? What do we need to build? And you know, that's become something you should wait until you can find people that can build a segment of your business. And it is always, always, always your fault as the entrepreneur. So I hear often out of my other entrepreneurial friends a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. Always blame on the employee. I can't find great employees. They're not this. They're not that. You're just expressing internal inadequacies expressed through somebody else. And I firmly believe that because – you have the full power to stop and change yourself at any time. It's hard mm-hmm. because it sucks to look inside of ourselves and say what's good and what's not and then get better at the things we're not good at. But when it comes to an employee, if they're not performing, you have to look at yourself first. Do they have, the, are, do they have a clear idea of what they're supposed to be doing? You know, uh, are they trained well enough? There's a lot of questions you have to ask before you toss somebody off to the side. Right. And that – Thinking about it and, and, and helping people get better and constantly helping them evolve to be better at their job doesn't seem to happen much anymore. Right. Um, but I'm hoping we can see more of that. I, th- I, think, uh, I think you're right. I think you're spot on with a lot of that. It's, um, I was told once, never hire the best of the bad. If you've got a, a stack of resumes on your desk, don't hire the best of the bad resumes. Wait until you can find that right person to fill a position, not a job. Absolutely. But um, anything else business-wise? I mean, you you obviously you know know what you're doing. Startup is a, is a different beast. Well, I don't know if we all know what we're doing. <laughs> I think you do. Right? I I don't. You might. Um, what uh, what challenges have you seen as far as a startup goes? I mean, it's it is a different it's a different animal. Well, I, you know, I'm going to make a bold Babe Ruth point to the fence prediction here, I love and it. that we are at the very beginning of an economic recession. Okay. And there's a lot of things that build into that that would be like a whole other show. But I the the golden period is is going to slowly wind down, if not hardly wind down. And I think that's something to consider. You know, James and I think about on a regular basis and discuss what happens if there is a recession. Okay, ad dollars go down, so we can't rely on purely one to one traditional banner ad relationships. We think about these things, so. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, what's on the horizon is we're looking at every which scenario of, okay, well, what happens if XYZ company does this? What happens if the market does that? How do we build the foundation of our business that each one of these items don't kill us? You're diversified enough to where you can get through the recession. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not, you will not see today Google AdSense on our website for many, many reasons. One, it's a dilution of the brand because I can't today pair ads that are quality with what we view as quality content mm-hmm. the direct relationship with the advertisers we see you can't sell anything to the end of the year but we see ourselves going into recession so we have to find unique and creative ways that we add more value than anybody else because we're the small guy and we're the new guy so for us we're just simply trying to find more ways to deliver better content and more value to the people who actually want to engage with us i love it i love it um so as we wind, wind up here and uh, kind of bring this thing full circle, um, what's the best way people can find you? What's the best way if they want to reach out to Torna and find out more about what's coming in the next 
Sure. 30-ish days. Um, what? How do they get in touch with, with you? Um, you can visit our website at torna.co, T-O-R-N-A dot C-O. Um, and there's a lot of links that take you off of there to both my profile on LinkedIn as well as James's profile on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then you there as well, you can see all the media brands and properties. So, um, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, you know, I'm always happy to meet with people over coffee that are that are relevant and, and, and relevant conversations. So feel free to reach out. And, um, you know, I, I hope, uh, if anything, everybody can at least keep their eye on Torna and EX5. Yep. And if you, if you see something that you like, feel free to email us. And, you know, we love the positive encouragement. So if there's something that works that you think hits the nail on the head, let us know so we can iterate. And we can make sure we deliver more of that. So no, that's great. Don't don't hold that into your chest. Let us know. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us, um, guys. Um, thanks again for listening. Please subscribe, share, email me with comments, questions at denglish at ad-trend.com. And um, next episode should drop in a few days. Thanks so much. Bye.